Hello, and welcome on in to Dogs and Otter, the history of American football. I'm happy to be here, and of course, very happy to have you here as well. In the late 19th century, American geography was pretty different from how we understand it today. What we call the Midwest was, at that time, mostly lumped in with the broader geographic category of the West, and this was preserved in some of the terminology and traditions in college football. For example, Michigan's famous fight song, The Victors, calls the team the, quote, champions of the West for this reason. Also, the very name of Northwestern University, with whom Michigan shares a conference, reflects this older sense of the shape of the country as understood by everyday people. This is obviously not to say that the map was literally different, only that settlement was sparser in a rapidly expanding post-Civil War republic. This historical truth shaped college football immensely and continues to do so till this day. At the time, football belonged entirely to the universities, so it could only go where there were already institutions of higher learning to colonize. Speaking of colonization, hold on to that word in the back of your head. It's going to become important in my next supplemental episode. First Midwestern football power was Michigan, and they were a crucial piece of the puzzle in the spread of the game to the rest of the country. They sort of have a thing going on like Walter Camp. For no reason in particular, wherever Michigan went in the early years, history seems to have sparked off the wheels behind them. They started playing college football in 1879 alongside a number of other schools, including the University of Chicago, Northwestern, and Minnesota, but it was Michigan who first traveled back east for a game against Harvard, which marks the intersectionalism at the beginning that largely defines college football to this day. It was also Michigan who first defeated an Eastern power when they beat Cornell in 1894. But perhaps Michigan football's most significant early contribution, and one some of them might want to take back, was the time that a Michigan team en route to Chicago decided to stop over in South Bend, Indiana, where they introduced the game to the students at the University of Notre Dame. But cut the Michigan boys in 1887 some slack. There was no way they could have known what introducing the game to a small Catholic college in the middle of nowhere was going to turn into later on down the line. Michigan's earliest major comp competition wasn't Notre Dame, though, and it also wasn't Ohio State, who didn't start playing football until 1890 and wouldn't join the precursor to the Big Ten until 1912. No, the other powerhouse of early Midwestern football at the time were the Maroons of the University of Chicago. Chicago wasn't just a powerhouse, they were a foundational part of early football history, as much if not more than Michigan was. The Michigan fight song I mentioned at the top was written on the occasion of Michigan finally beating out Chicago for the Western Conference title, which they were only able to achieve on their third consecutive attempt. Chicago had a major advantage early on, though. They were coached for 41 season by another of early football's biggest and most important figures, Amos Alonzo Stagg. Stagg is another figure who looms over the early history of the sport. A football Hall of Famer as both a player and a coach, and a Hall of Fame basketball coach to boot. He was one of football's pioneering tacticians, considered responsible for an enormous number of basic techniques still with us today. Among them are the end around, the reverse, the Statue of Liberty play, putting a man in motion, the quarterback sneak, the concept of the huddle, and he's one of several figures important to the development of the forward pass. After being forced out of his job with Chicago at the age of 70, the university shuttered their football program in short order, and Stagg moved on to coach a further 13 years with the University of the Pacific, before being forced to retire there as well. But that's jumping way ahead. Back in the 1880s, we're still figuring it all out. As I mentioned, Chicago and Michigan may have been the early titans of Midwestern football, but another was on its way. 
Ohio State, you will never make me say thee, first kicked off around 1890. And you absolutely could not have predicted what Buckeye football would become over the course of the next century, from a 37-39-2 record that was the result of their first eight years. This stretch featured losing their first game ever against Wooster, 64 to nothing, and then losing their first ever matchup with Michigan, 34 to nothing. But it wouldn't be long before the Buckeyes started to put it all together on their way to becoming not simply a genuine blue blood of the sport, but one of three or four programs who can make a case for being the greatest college football program throughout the sport's history, and the kings of the Big Ten Conference and Midwestern football in general. From the time Michigan first picked up a football in 1879, the sport spread quickly throughout the Midwest, and not just to members of the future Big Ten. In addition to the aforementioned founders of that conference, plus future members Ohio State, Michigan State, Indiana, and Iowa, football could be found on the fields of Albion College, Hillsdale, Kalamazoo, Eastern Michigan and the University of Cincinnati, Miami University, not that Miami, Ohio University, different from Ohio State, Kenyon College, the University of Nebraska, Missouri, Kansas, and dozens of others depending on how exactly you construe what is and is not the Midwest. But I'm going to call it here. The seeds are planted, and in fact, some are already in bloom. Michigan and Chicago are already well underway. Some have a long way to go still, like Notre Dame, Ohio State, and Michigan State. But we'll get there. Next time, I'm going to drop a brief supplemental episode on a unique institution in the early history of American football, Carlisle Indian School. From there, we'll do our first proper conference highlight on the Big Ten, then we're on the road again headed down south to my homeland to talk about the birth and development of Southern football. As always, I'd love to hear from you. Feel free to hit me up on Twitter at Dogs in Autumn, one word, or email me at dogsinautumn at gmail.com. Also, drop a rating or review on the show if you're so inclined. I'd really appreciate it. Till then, I'll see you when I see you.